This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Center for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit jodcast.net. The night sky for April 2020. As darkness falls, the heavenly twins Castor and Pollux in Germany are setting towards the western horizon. And centre stage in the south lies the constellation of Leo the Lion, with its bright star Regulus. Between the two is a fairly faint region of the sky, but if you use binoculars, you should spot a rather lovely open cluster called Prisipi, or the Beehive Cluster. Moving over towards the southeast is a bright star Arcturus, the brightest star in the constellation of Bootes, and just up to its left, a little circlet of stars called Corona Borealis, that's the northern crown. High overhead lies Ursa Major, with that asterism called the Plough. The two right-hand stars, Merrick and Dupe, point up towards Polaris, the pole star, very close to the north celestial pole. If you look at the centre star of the three that make up the handle, and you'll probably need binoculars, you should see it's a double star. The brightest is called Mizar, and the fainter is called Alcor. So, a few things to see. It's not quite as exciting as we've had in the winter, or perhaps we get in midsummer, but nevertheless, do have a look. The planets. As April begins, Jupiter rises some three and a half hours before the sun, shining at magnitude minus 2.1. During the month, it brightens at magnitude minus 2.3, whilst its angular size increases from 37 to 40.6 arc seconds. A low southeastern horizon will be needed, and our views of the giant planet and its Galilean moons will be somewhat hindered by the depth of the atmosphere through which it will be observed. Now Saturn rises at the start of April, some 20 minutes after Jupiter, and by its end at about 0250 UT. Whilst its magnitude increases slightly from plus 0.7 to plus 0.6, and the angular size increases from 16.1 to 16.9 arc seconds. Saturn reaches quadrature, that's 90 degrees in angle from the Sun, on April 21st, which enhances the three-dimensionality of its globe and rings. At 21 degrees to the line of sight, the rings are slightly less tilted as they have been for some time. Sadly, again, its low elevation before sunrise will limit our views of this most beautiful planet. Now, Mercury is lost in the sun's glare this month, so we cannot observe it. Mars one of the three planets we can see in the pre-dawn sky can be seen in the southeast. It rises at about 04.48 a.m. and we were best seen at about 6 a.m. having an elevation of 8 degrees. It will then have a magnitude of plus 0.78 and a 6.4 arc second salmon pink disc. It will lie just inside Capricornus. By month's end, it will move over to the east of Capricornus, and its magnitude will have increased to plus 0.43, with an angular size 
of 7.6 arc seconds. Given good seeing, it might just now be possible to spot with a telescope some of the features on the surface, such as Certis Major. Well, Venus is still dominating the southwestern twilight sky. It reached greatest elongation east from the sun on the 24th of March, but it is still near its highest possible altitude, and April is still one of the very best months to observe it in its eight-year cycle of apparitions. As April begins, it will have an elevation of 39 degrees at sunset, about the highest elevation it can ever achieve. During the month, its angular size increases from 25.5 to 38.2 arc seconds. But at the same time, its phase, that's the percentage of the illuminated disk, decreases from 47% to 26%. And so the brightness only increases slightly from minus 4.5 to minus 4.7 magnitudes. And that is about the brightest that Venus ever gets. Finally, some highlights of the month. Before dawn on the 1st of April, there's a very nice lineup of Jupiter, Saturn and Mars. Mars will be seen to lie just below Saturn with Jupiter over to their right. On April the 3rd, Venus will actually be seen within the Pleiades cluster, or perhaps I should say in front of the Pleiades cluster. It'll be just to the left of one of the brightest stars, Merope. That will make a wonderful photographic opportunity. Let's just hope it's clear. Before dawn on the 15th, the moon joins three planets. The moon, just after third quarter, lies below a lineup of Mars, Saturn and Jupiter. On the 25th of April, after sunset, a very thin crescent moon lies between the Hyades and Pleiades clusters. It may be possible to spot the old moon in the new moon's arms due to Earthshine. That's light falling on the moon's dark side reflected from clouds on the Earth. Binoculars might well be needed, but please do not use them until after the sun has set. If you search for Night Sky Jodrell, you'll find the Night Sky page and the little charts and pictures of all of these highlights. There's also a picture of the moon, the full moon, and I've annotated the mare on its surface. It's quite nice to learn them. Some, of course, you can see with your unaided eye, but others you'll perhaps need binoculars to spot. So not a fantastic month for observing, but I do hope you enjoy whatever you can. Thanks for that, Ian. And now, for the people who listen to us and live below the world's middle line, here's Haratina Mokashanu and Samuel Leske with The Night Sky Where You Are. Kia ora from Lockdown, New Zealand. Hi everyone from deep inside our house. I'm Haritina Mokoshano. And I'm Samuel Liski. In these very strange times, as we find ourselves locked inside our homes, we might have some ideas as to what to do with the April night sky. Hopefully you'll be able to actually get out of your house and take your telescope somewhere else to have a look at the night sky. There is definitely going to be a full moon, a new moon, and some other moon phases in April. 
all planets are visible, some in the evening, some throughout the night, and some in the morning. We will also be talking about the month of April. Where did it get its name from? What's in the starry sky? And what our favourite deep sky objects are this month? And there's a lot of them. April is a month of action in astronomy and stargazing. Well, now, at least we can do it online, if not in person. There is Global Astronomy Month, which is organized each year by uh, Astronomers Without Borders in April. And then there is the International Dark Sky Week that also happens in April. And this year is from Sunday 19th of April until Sunday 26th of April. We can still see the three brightest stars in the sky, Sirius, Canopus and Alpha Centauri. From our window. Yeah, from, <laughs> yeah, well, a few of the windows. Although the first and the last ones double. And the Milky Way is brightest towards Southern Cross region. Now, really serious, a double, it's got a white dwarf, so it's not an easy double. But Alpha Centauri is very much an easy double. So here's what you need to do for April if you can. Come out of your house. Look for Venus in the evening sky where it is shining very bright. You can try and see it during daytime if your eyesight is good. And you know exactly where to look. Look for Jupiter after midnight at the beginning of the month and after 10.30pm towards the end of it. Thanks to daylight saving as well, well, daylight saving down in the southern hemisphere, as well as Earth's revolution around the sun that, among other things, makes stars rise four minutes earlier every single day. Try to spot Saturn and Mars about half an hour after Jupiter. Morning owls, if there is anybody out there, can still enjoy Mercury. Enjoy it while you can. And also there will be a beautiful arch of planets stretching across the sky in the morning sky. And you're very welcome to tell us if it's worth waking up that early to see them. Unfortunately and sadly, Mercury would disappear in the twilight of the rising sun at the end of the month. I certainly remember last year when there was a whole bunch of planets all in a big line across the night sky. It was absolutely fantastic. Mind you, that was in the evening rather than the early morning, yeah. so everybody could see it easily. Try to see the brightest stars in the sky. Now is the time, as it was last month. But we can still enjoy these in April. They are Sirius, the dog star, Canopus, the cat star, meow, and Alpha Centauri, our closest neighbour, 41.3 trillion kilometres away. So it's in the safe zone. Yeah, it's a long way away. Although technically Sirius and Alpha Centauri are double stars, so then are they the three brightest stars or the five brightest stars? Mm -hmm. If you're into galaxy spotting, and we have plenty for you this month, you must decide which one you choose. Milky Way is the obvious choice, and as we said before, it's brightest towards Crooks. The center of the galaxy rises about 10 p.m. In it, Scorpius is now called here Manayakiterangi, the guardian of the sky, and if you're into jewelry, you'll see that it looks like a manaya made of greenstone, ponamu. It is a beautiful name for Scorpius, and it is great that the asterism can look like so many things, including a scorpion. Which here in New Zealand don't exist, of course. Other visible galaxies are obviously the clouds of Magellan, the large and the small. We spent a few good hours the other day talking with our friend astrophotographer Ian Cooper about these. Look for the Magellanic clouds in the southern part of the sky. Obviously, the part that we call circumpolar. From here, as the stars there never set, never rise, but move around the celestial pole in circles. Usually any star above declination minus 60 classifies as circumpolar from here. Now the juicy part. There are some amazing, amazing galaxies that we look at any time we have the chance. And at this time of the year, there's a whole bunch of them around Leo. So for our Northern Hemisphere listeners, 
Leo in the Southern Hemisphere is upside down from what you're used to. So the most amazing of the group of galaxies is the Leo triplet, which is M66, M65, and of course NGC 3628. And they look dashing. They do, and really amazing to see three of them in the eyepiece. Now, if you've got a big enough telescope, you can always go a little bit up the sky to NGC 3593 and then a little bit further away to NGC 3596, which are two nice galaxies too. Now, also a little bit above Leo, there's another bunch of galaxies with the Messier object M95, M96, M105. And in fact, around M105, there's a couple of galaxies, NGC 3389 and NGC 3384. They're all quite easy to see. If you've got a big telescope, you can also have a look for four other galaxies that are closer to Leo than the three I just mentioned. NGC 3338, NGC 3367, 3377 and 3412. They are all pretty easy to find as well. And we look at them every time there is clear skies. Oh, we totally do. Now, NGC 3367, if you can catch that one, it's 150 million light years away, which is staggering. Absolutely staggering. Closer to the horizon is all of those galaxies that are around Virgo. Now, they're probably still a bit low for us, but by April, if we stay up late enough, they will be a beautiful bunch of galaxies to have a look through. So that's one of the great groups of galaxies that we share with the northern sky. Also, one of the classics for us is the Sombrero Galaxy. Absolutely magic to look through in the telescope. But then, of course, there's M83, which is the big spiral that we see down here in the Southern Hemisphere. There's Centaurus A, also known as the Hamburger Galaxy. And, and there's another great galaxy that we quite like looking as well. It's NGC 4945, which is just above Omega Centauri. Well, between Omega Centauri and the Southern Cross. And it's an absolutely beautiful galaxy. Look, at it. it's really big and it's kind of edge on. The other deep sky objects in the night sky depends what tools you have. If We'll have a look at some of the binocular objects and also talk about some of the telescope objects. Of course, binocular objects, Omega Centauri is a nice big globular cluster. Really easy to see, and you can totally spot that. Now, if you've got a nice dark sky, you'll also be able to see M83 pretty easily in binoculars. So that's definitely worth checking out. There's not many galaxies you can see in binoculars, but M83 is one of them. And in summer, you can see Sculptor. So now we're sort of heading into the colder months, M83 dominates. Then, of course, you've got the larger clusters. There's the Southern Pleiades you can have a look at, which is pretty amazing in the binoculars. Omicron Valorum is high in the sky, as is NGC 2516, or their Southern Beehive. And, of course, if you're looking at the Southern Beehive, you probably also want to look at the other beehive in Cancer. M44. M44, which is also an absolutely wonderful binocular object as well. M42. Oh, of course, M42, yep. Eta Carina Nebula is always great. And the Wishing Well cluster stands out really well in binoculars as well. 47 Tucano is the other really nice globular cluster to have a look at. And of course, what you can do as well is just lie on the ground with your binoculars and just browse around the large Magellanic Cloud. You'll see Tarantula Nebula, and you might see a whole bunch of fuzzy-looking stars, which will be a big collection of globular clusters and little other open clusters they have in that galaxy. So well worth having a look at, especially if you've got a decent uh, high-powered pair of binoculars. But still quite cool on small binoculars as well. So from here from New Zealand, we wish you clear skies so that you can always see the stars. And stay safe. Stay inside. Keep your two meter distance from people. And don't get sick. I'm Sam Lisky. And I'm Hari Tinamogoshanu. Clear skies, everyone. 
and let's hear each other healthy next month. Bye. Bye.